0: text is the Old Testament appointed for today. In the name of Jesus, you're minding your own business and then all of a sudden, beep, 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 news alert, it scrolls along on the bottom of the TV screen and pops up on your handheld smart device and before you can read it, there appears the face of brunette bombshell anchor Andrea Lesshead and she interrupts regular programming This just in to Channel 13, Paradise Lost News. We have received disturbing news. It comes from one of our western farm fields. We're hearing unconfirmed reports that one of Adam's sons was found dead a short while ago. Let's go live to our ace on the spot reporter, Alan Wrencher. He's there with the latest Alan. can Can you confirm what we're hearing? Andrea, yes, this... Dead body has, in fact, now been identified by officials as Abel. Andrea, this is a grisly scene. I've never seen anything like this. It's, it's sickening. I can't believe this has happened. This is no accident, Andrea. It's, it's criminal. Abel's head has been crushed in. It's the goriest and most gruesome incident I've ever covered. <coughs> as you can tell, Andrea, I, I've lost it. Who could have done this, Andrea? Who could have done this? Back to you. Thanks, Alan. For those who have just joined us, we have confirmed that Abel, the younger twin brother of Cain, has been found dead from some substantial blows to the head. And it is a gruesome criminal scene, folks. A massive manhunt has now begun for the world's first ever killer. More breaking news as it happens. And while you're still in shock, still in dismay, perhaps, another breaking news alert from Andrea Lesshead of Channel 13 Paradise Lost News. This just in, folks. More dreadful news. Authorities have confirmed that Abel's killer has been apprehended. The killer, are you ready for this, ladies and gentlemen? Abel's old twin brother, Cain. Double tragedy, right? Maybe double punch to the gut because not just the world's first murder, not just a homicide, but fratricide. Abel viciously slaughtered by his very own brother. And remember, this was the brother that we all believed to be the one Even his mom, Eve, said that when he was born. The one to bring back the paradise that Adam and Eve lost by their rebellion. The one to put an end to all the pain and agony that Satan brought into the world by our parents' sin. Cain was supposed to be the guy! But Cain's no Messiah. Far from it, right? We were all foolishly mistaken on that one, we, we just all assumed. We put him up on a pedestal, as we do so many people in our lives, and boy, how the mighty had fallen, and Cain had us all fooled. After all, we, we saw both boys in church, right? They listened to sermon after sermon, they attended confirmation classes, they put on robes and carried the cross and, and lit the candles. And the neighbors, all the neighbors there in the subdivision said Cain was was really a quiet boy. He was a good neighbor. Always on time if he mowed your lawn or helped you with your leaves. He he was a hard worker. What went wrong? Why would Cain do such a, a heinous deed? And then another news flash. Andrew Leshead here again with more breaking news from Channel 13 Paradise Lost. We've been told that Cain was, in fact, a very angry young man. He had a very dark side, hated his brother Abel, had something to do with their offerings at church. His intense anger appears to have begun when the Lord favored Abel's offerings, but not Cain's. Here to give us some perspective on why all this happened is Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil, what triggered all of Cain's anger and the savage attack of his brother? Why couldn't Cain master the sin that was crouching at his door? Well, Andrea, it could be a number of factors. One, perhaps, God likes ranchers more than farmers. Another explanation may be the way Eve potty trained those boys, in combination with Adam's laissez-faire attitude. That probably didn't go so well. One more factor could be that Cain skimped with his offerings. Maybe the grain he offered wasn't the best or possibly he only offered chaff instead of wheat. Or, and this is the most likely explanation, Andrea, you did this to him. You, the media, the pressure was too much for him. All the messianic expectations you all put on him led to this. All the fake nudes. And with that, you shut off the TV. You put down your smart device, because you've had enough, haven't you? You've had enough of this rubbish. But the sin is still there, staring you in the face. There's got to be some other explanation. Right? And there is. It's called sin. Both brothers, Cain and Abel, were sinners. But yet, there existed a big difference between these two sinners, and the difference is called faith. You see, Cain doesn't believe that he's a sinner, he's full of himself. He's firstborn after all, waiting for his inheritance. Cain doesn't fight against his anger and hatred. Cain, Cain, therefore, doesn't believe in God's promise to send the Savior because Cain doesn't need a Savior. Cain heard the sermons but refused to believe that the Lord is gracious and merciful. Any grace and mercy that would come Cain's way would come by his own hard work, his own intelligence, and perhaps his own good looks. So Cain does not and would not repent. No wonder the Lord did not look with favor on Cain's offering, and no wonder the Lord did look with favor on Abel's. If you doubt any of what I'm saying to you, Hebrews 11 verse 4 clearly explains the discrepancy between the two brothers. Listen, by faith Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he, Abel, was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offerings, and by faith, he still speaks even though he is dead. Thus, the difference between the two brothers was faith. Cain's unbelief, his impenitence, fed his hatred hated his brother, hated God. He did not fear, love, or trust in the Lord. His heart was at odds with the Lord. Therefore, his heart was also at odds with his brother. 1 John 3 and Matthew 5 tell us, Whoever hates his brother is a murderer. So Cain did what was in his heart. He lured Abel into the field with a hypocritical act of brotherly love. And when Abel turned his back, Cain bashed in the rear of his brother's head. It was calculated cold-blooded murder. You might remember that when Adam, his father, sinned, the ground was cursed, Genesis 3:17). Now here, Cain... For the spilling of Abel's blood, for just standing there and letting Abel bleed out, is directly cursed himself. He has now desecrated the ground with a murderous bloodbath. Cain refused to be his brother's keeper. And so the earth opened up its mouth to receive Abel's blood from Cain's hand. And Cain now can only be a restless wanderer because the earth will refuse to bear any crops for him. He can till and till and till, and he can plant and plant and plant, but the earth will give him nothing. Why? Because Abel's blood cries out to the Lord from the ground. Oh, and one more thing. Cain must now live the rest of his life with eyes in the back of his head. He won't be able to sleep very well at night because everyone's outraged about this murder, right? It's highly probable that someone will try to avenge Abel's Abel's murder. Therefore, the Lord put a mark on Cain to show that he's off limits to any human executioner or punisher, to any avenger of blood. And you see, what we really learn from this text is that life, life in any stage is a gift from the Lord. The Lord wants your neighbor's life protected. Always. Thus, we have the fifth commandment. And if you don't remember which one that is, Wednesday of this week, we'll start praying the catechism, won't we, at 7 o'clock to 7.30. Come join us. In the fifth commandment, the Lord forbids the taking of life in any way. From abortion to euthanasia, from shooting someone in cold blood to slitting someone's throat or putting poison in their food or something in their IV. The Lord also forbids the taking of your own life, too. Judas did that, remember, when he despaired of the Lord's forgiveness. You shall not murder. That is God's categorical personal address to you, no ifs, no ands, no buts. Do not hurt or bring harm to your neighbor in any way. Instead, help and support him. Help and support her in every physical need. And we have failed, haven't we? Our tongues, even our tongues, are instruments of death. We ruin reputations by what we say by what we snapchat and instagram and text we destroy lives with angry words and hate filled discrimination or perhaps we sit quietly and do nothing because we don't want to get involved we don't want to be get, get called out by anybody at school or in the workplace or the community and so we do nothing Because we care about ourselves first. Sinners are always gazing at their own belly button, thinking about their own needs, their own wants, their own desires, their own hopes. And so it's easy to stand by and do nothing as your neighbor drinks himself to death. It's easy to do nothing when your neighbor starves herself to death. Oh, we rant and rage when we see children locked up in cages like animals, but what about the 1.2 million of unborn innocent lives that are cruelly destroyed each year in this country? Am I my brother's and sister's keeper? We ask, and just by asking that question, we incriminate ourselves, just like Cain so it's time to repent folks it's time to 1 John 3 which is this love one another do not be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother it's time for you to give something up not just during Lent it's time for you to give something up what can you give up Your sin. Time to confess your sin. All sin against God's will to protect and preserve life. Life that He alone gives. Because Abel's murdered blood cries out to the Lord for revenge. And here comes the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus Totally different from Abel's blood. The blood of your Savior Jesus there on that uncomfortable, itchy cross. The blood of Jesus that that drips from the nail marks in His hands. From the thorns that were upon His head. The blood of Jesus shed for you is a whole different ball game. It's a game changer. Because the blood of Jesus now speaks and proclaims just the opposite of Abel's blood. The blood of Jesus proclaims forgiveness for sinners, for you. Do you remember what he himself said as he hung there upon the nails, as he hung there upon the cross. He was not thinking of himself. He said, Father, forgive them. I know they don't know what they, what they do. They don't know what in the world they're doing, Dad, but, but forgive them anyway, Father. Forgive them for my sake. Forgive them so that my blood can come and and cover over them and make them righteous. That their blood, this my blood, can come and and now nourish them. That they can stand and and live in this life and and be a voice for the weak and the downtrodden and the innocent. That my blood can be a word of forgiveness, Father. Forgive them. And so thus, the blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel, the blood of Abel that cried out for revenge, is the blood of Jesus, which proclaims forgiveness. Which means you, the sinner, are redeemed, not by anything you have done, and not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood and his innocent suffering and death and the Holy Spirit who Jesus sends now to sanctify you, to equip you for every good work, to be your neighbor's keeper. All about forgiveness. You see, Jesus becomes the one that Cain would never be. He is the Holy One. He willingly gives His life and allows His divine blood to be shed. He takes your sin, And in exchange, He gives you His holiness. It's that same blood that this day He will place into your very mouths in simple wine, medicine of immortality, that you may taste and see that the Lord is good. Given and shed for you, He said, for you and, and for your salvation. Faith. The faith you've been given. The faith of Abel. Faith poured into your ear through the reading of Scripture. Faith covering you in the waters of holy baptism. Faith worked in and upon you even. And while you're still yet a sinner, faith trusts this Word from Jesus. And faith now means that He has good use for you That He has good works for you to do where you live, where you work, in your home. Faith means that your body is not your own, that you were bought with a price. Faith means honor God with your body and use your body now to help and support your neighbor. All of that's quite a sacrifice, but it pales in comparison to the sacrifice and blood of Jesus. All for you, which leads us to give thanks to Him. That's not fake news, folks. That's the real deal. In the name of Jesus.